WUOG 90.5 FM presents Out There, a weekly journey into the world of the occult, conspiracy theory, the paranormal, and other bizarre undercurrents of the human psyche. The views expressed on this program do not reflect those of WUOG 90.5 FM, the University of Georgia, or the Board of Regents. It's Out There with your hosts, Raymond and Joe. Thanks for tuning in to Out There. My name is Raymond Wiley. My name is Joe McFall. And this is our very first episode of 2006. Are you excited, Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Uh, no, 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 wait. No, it's good. You, you changed it up. You changed it up for once. Because I'm always like, are you excited? And it, and it seems a little put on, but... <laughs> but we really are no, always excited. Of course I'm excited. It's a new year. We've got like tons of new stuff lined up. Right. And th- this is going to be a great show to start right. the year. And, a, and, a, and more than that, it's, uh, it's a good podcast. Because yeah. this, by the way, is a bonus podcast for all of our listeners. Yeah, the people, people who listen online or live on the air aren't going to hear this. Nope. Only you podcasters because we felt so bad about not giving you anything over the Christmas break. So we thought a little bonus material, a little mad scientist action was just what you needed. And after you listen to this, you can call your friends who listen to us live and make fun of them for not being able to access this. I know, right? You can like, hold that over their heads. Yeah, yeah. You can, you you, know, can, you can be like a total out there <laughs> elitist. So you can be in the inner circle if you, you right, know, right? Right, right. So um, how, was, how was your Christmas and your New Year, Joe? Oh, it was pretty good, more or less. I mean, yeah. Took a trip down to Florida, went, right? Went to see the folks in Florida, um, hung out with them. My sister's getting married, um, family stuff, you know. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, well, yeah. congratulations to my sister. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. obviously. But, um, yeah, I went home for a few weeks myself. How was that? Uh, a lot of eating and sleeping yeah. and not doing anything. It was yeah. great. Yeah. So. so we put out for um, feedback on the last uh, episode. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, so if you want to send us some feedback, out there, radio at gmail.com. We've gotten, I don't know, about, I'd say about five or ten responses so far. And, and we really appreciate yeah, any, so anything that you guys have sent to us. To all here. of you who have written in, we definitely appreciate yes. your feedback. And thanks for writing. And if we didn't write back to you, and you know, I don't know if we, <laughs> we will or we want to. or We're, we're, just, we're going to. We're going to. We'll get back to you in the next couple of <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, we, yeah. In fact, we're, we, we hope it's okay that we're going to add your email to a, to a, like a sort of email list that we're going to be sending out announcements on. Right, but we will also send you – I mean, I think it's important that you send people personal responses because yeah. you guys take time out to listen to the Raymond's show. just slacking off on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Joe, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think you're free from guilt there either. My what? <laughs> So, but, but, hey, but hey, it's great, you know, um, we're, we're having this experience with this podcast that we could never have with the normal taped radio show or the normal radio show because yeah. we've, we've gotten responses from Sweden and Mexico and right. New Zealand also, right. I believe. So, well, people don't listen to, our, to us t- uh, so they can hear us pat us r- ourselves in the back, Raymond. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's you're get right. into this stuff, man. It's we've mad, got stuff to talk about we've today. Got, we've got a mad scientist with great hair. And strange, <laughs> strange ideas. Scientific so. heresy, fasci- fascism. 
Um, yeah, communism, communism, socialism, sex, sex, a healthy dose of this sex. This show has all of it. Yes, it's all like it. uh, it's like what Coppola wanted for Apocalypse Now, but better. Right, right. But better. So what are we? What are we all about? This show, as we've done with a couple of other episodes, is kind of a biogra- biographical sketch. Yeah. And um, we're going to be talking about Wilhelm Reich this week. So Raymond, let me ask you this. Okay. Okay. If I, I'm going to tell you a little story, I want you to think about you know. Under what government this happened, and maybe what era of history this happened. So, a scientist, he uh, gets arrested. He gets all of his experimental medical equipment taken away, destroyed, and all of his research papers burned in an incinerator. When? Where? Who? Who did it? Um... Where does that kind of thing happen? I mean, we're talking about like, happens in, like Nazi Germany, right? It's gotta be right. Nazi Germany. I mean, uh, perhaps or uh, who burns books? Stalinist Russia. What if What if I told you it happened since World War II, since the fall of the Third Reich? Okay, um, maybe it happened. I don't know. Spain, perhaps some remained fascist for a while, right? After Under the war. Franco, well, I think yeah. so. Yeah, or maybe somewhere like uh, Soviet Russia. Perhaps? Seems like a kind of a if if it happened since World War II and it's not the Nazis, it sounds like something Soviet Russia would do, right? right Totalitarian right. communist government. But I I get the feeling you're leading me down the road. You're telling right. me no, right? It's not that. Well, wh- where did it happen, man? I uh, I don't know where did it happen, Joe. You're telling the story. This isn't a rhetorical question. <laughs> no. It, it, okay. It happened in the U.S. of A. My friend. It happened friend. in the U.S. of A. under the United States government. Right. The FDA, in fact. The FDA seized mm. Wilhelm Reich's sci- med- uh, experimental medical equipment and burned all of his research papers. Can you believe that? Book burning in the United States since World War II. This is 1957. Oh, I can believe it. I mean, I mean, it was the McCarthyist era. I yeah. Know, what? I mean, what else? I mean, you don't need much. Uh, much pretense to just kind of ruin people back then. You yeah, know, you saw what happened in Hollywood, for example. Oh so, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but this is far more interesting. I have to say. I think so too. So who is Wilhelm Reich? Right. That what are the, the events that sort of led up to this event? Right. Because you know the, we've sort of given away like the ending at the beginning, and hopefully, like to to me, if I just hear that, that leaves me wondering, how does this happen? Especially, like, we think that our government, you know, we think that the United States is a free country. People should have free speech, are allowed to say what they want, when they want, how they want. Um, But this happened, you know, what, 40 years ago? 50 years ago? Mm -hmm. 50 years ago in our country. Right. And one thing I will say, um, I will say about something like this is that you know, it, it is possible that something like this could be justified. If you've got somebody going around selling, selling snake oil or mm. poisonous remedies or whatever, that's what the FDA is there for, right? Right. But, um, I mean, when you hear about this guy, I mean, worked with Einstein, worked with Freud. Right. And suddenly all of his things being destroyed, his work, everything he's put all this time into. Yeah. Um, so... Why is this guy interesting? I mean, so what? Somebody gets their somebody gets their stuff torn up. Somebody gets their freedoms trampled on. Why is it on out there? Right. That's the yeah. question. Well, you know, cloudbusters and sexual uh, innuendos and uh, orgone yeah. is what we're going to get into here in a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. It turns out, and maybe and maybe we should save this for a little bit later in the conversation. It turns out, yeah, that this guy may have been kind of a loony a crackpot a crackpot a quack 
right? But really, and the the question that that I that still bothers me, Raymond, is that you know in in the United States of America, even someone who is wrong about something still has a right to say it. Sure, and they still have a right to publish. I mean, that's been you know yeah. established well over time. But now this guy's books were all burned. But I mean, you can. But now, don't get us wrong. You can still. I mean, some of his works have survived. I they, mean, they were published widely before all this happened, but a lot of his personal papers completely yeah. destroyed. Yeah, some of his personal stuff is not available, his personal research. Apparently there were volumes and volumes and volumes of stuff he had written that had not been published that was burned by the right. FDA. But, what? okay, but, you know, we've, we've talked about this. We've talked about, you know, what happened. Now let's talk about what this guy was talking about and yeah. what what Reich was all about. This guy's really one of the most interesting scientific figures in the 20th century. Absolutely. Yeah. He um well tell us a little Especially bit about his country. background, Joe. Well, he comes from uh, he grew up in uh Austria. Uh, he was born in 1897. Grew up on a farm, which actually kind of informed some of his later interests. You were telling me that you had read Raymond earlier about how um farm life affected him. Yeah, I mean, he, he of course, um, he became a psychoanalyst, studied mm-hmm. under Freud. So a lot of his work was about, um, well, I mean, he coined the term sexual revolution, for right. example, which we'll get to soon. But one thing Reich wrote about his childhood was that, um, like, sex and regular bodily, you know, urges and functions were not, like, hidden around his house. Not to say that, I'm not, I don't think that means that his parents were openly, like, you know, doing things in front of their children, but right. I think it just means that it wasn't like this taboo thing that no one talked about or that he wasn't aware of. Like I think from early childhood, Reich was was completely aware of sex uh, more so than people would have been in the late 1800s, and mm-hmm. it was taught kind of as something you shouldn't be ashamed of. To right. Him. He, so it wasn't repressed. Right. Exactly. So this, um, you know, this made him, I guess, more receptive to the ideas of Sigmund Freud, who he studied under in... In um, the early 1900s. He met Freud in, um, I guess, 19... I think 1922, 1923. In the early 1920s, anyway. Or the late 19-teens, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) 19-teens. Yeah. Um, So he actually studied under Freud in Vienna. And But before that, even like some other parts of his childhood were kind of odd too like his mother committed suicide when he was 14 three years later his dad died of self-induced pneumonia which is odd so we we have a portrait of someone who's kind of left alone a lot as a youth or perhaps that doesn't feel i don't know i guess it 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 works out or it, it adds up that later on you know there would be this kind of streak of megalomania in the man yeah. which you'll hear about especially when we get to the story of his trial the so. story you know this after having read about his him and as a as an adult and especially after all of the government started coming down hard on him the this childhood stuff interests me even more maybe partly the, the connection to freud and how freud thought of um you know people with a relationship to their parents and all that stuff like i wonder what his relationship was like with his parents especially you know his mother commits suicide his dad self-induces pneumonia which i don't know how to which is really which is really kind of odd yeah so i take it that people back then would just sort of let themselves waste away of illness as a way to I don't know. I don't know. I guess you hear a lot of old works talking about people letting themselves die. Yeah. I guess that may be kind of along those lines. But 
So it, I don't know. It puts the guy in a very interesting, with a very interesting background, yeah. very kind of sad, and I don't know. I guess it's no wonder that he went into that sort of early twentieth century psychology. And so let's talk about his um, psychological kind of um, ideas. You know, he took, you know, he believed like Freud did that most psychoses and neuroses or whatever you want to call them, mental illnesses in modern European society, he felt were derived from uh, sexual repression. Yeah. And that people, to be mentally healthy, needed to have a healthy attitude towards sex and needed to see it as not something that they should be ashamed of. I think that was more than anything his biggest point yeah. uh, in his book The Sexual Revolution which is where the term comes from mm-hmm. um, you know he talks about people not needing to you know be ashamed of their bodies or of sex and how that can lead to illness um, he also went on I mean he lived in, I mean like we were talking about he lived in Vienna in the 30s so you know it was kind of the heart of fascist Europe at the time, you know, there was, that was going around a lot. And so, you know, analyzing this during the thirties, he wrote another book called the mass psychology of fascism. Joe, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. What's interesting. That was, uh, he wrote that in 1933. 1933. It was published in 1933. So, I mean, that's really, I mean, the Nazis had just come to power. And what's interesting is that, um, and this relates to some of his early work about like il- you know illnesses related to sex. And he said, uh, Reich was saying at the time that um, a, la- a sexual repression leads to this sort of like armor, like this kind of psychological armor that's manifested in the way you hold your body and the way you treat other people and all this stuff. And that that's the cause of a lot of illness and and most mental illness was this this uh, sexual repression. Now. And, of course, this kind of led to him having a really kind of odd form of psychotherapy. Yeah. Where, you know, because he, he did the the uh, sort of Freudian-style analyses, I guess. But, you know, he would do things like have patients have take their clothes off yeah. for them. Yeah. And, like, I don't take know. Take your shirt off, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's my impression for sure, of Wilhelm William Reich. Reich impersonation. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, I'm the only person you know as a Wilhelm Reich impersonation I bet. I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> sure of that, Joe. I'm absolutely sure of that. You know, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna like yank that audio later and like loop it. <laughs> Take your shirt off, please. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, thanks. So well, um, what's what's interesting is that this the, this is his book, The Mass Psychology of Fascism, which was published, you know, in nineteen thirty three as and you know more about World War Two than I do, or the, no, the Nazis mm-hmm. than I do, but they were coming to power around that time. They came to power in 1933. Yeah, so here's this commentary on fascism that sort of blames fascism on sexual repression. Right, and on normal people. Just yeah. on yeah. on how, not like, because you would expect there to be some sort of uh, finger-pointing at elites, but I think he kind of, it, it comes across that elites are kind of just this natural. They're always going to grow out of any society for him. Mm-hmm. And for him, the people that are to blame more than anybody are the bourgeois and the lower classes who are, you know, all sexually repressed themselves for one reason or another and who will let these sort of things happen. Yeah. Kind of. Because they, I mean, I guess he's analyzing its appeal to the masses, mm-hmm. you know, the mass psychology of fashion. And in fact, he became around that time a socialist 
Um, one of the things that he... No, he had been a communist for many years, I believe, by that point, right? I thought he... I thought he had gotten kicked out of the Communist Party. He became a socialist in the late 20s. Okay. Okay. In 1929, he founds uh, this this group called the Socialist Society for consul- for sexual consultation and sexological um, research. So, what he what his intention was is to is to sort of spread his ideas about. Um, sexual repression leading to, you know, leading to this armor, leading to this illness and this, right. this mental illness um, among, uh, like, workers. And he would hold, you know, free or sort of reduced um, price kind of uh, consultation sessions. Right. Which varied from what Freud would do. Because yeah. Freud had a reputation for only really, you know, uh, seeing rich, rich clients exactly, and rich patients. Exactly, exactly. So Reich was all about sort of, you know, everyone should be mentally healthy. Right. And not sexually repressed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because, right. because that led to fascism. Right. You exactly. Know? And that's sort of the idea is that um, if you don't help the masses become less repressed, then you get something like fascism. Right. And they're just going to get more repressed. And look yeah. what happened yeah. five years later in exactly. Germany. Exactly. Right. So, uh, but it was too much for even the communists that he was working with. So... You should go. I think I don't think it's going too far to say he was a communist. Yeah, not in fact, a well, he yeah he, he, he ended up no, breaking he, with. He them. joined the Communist Party in 1928, leaving okay. the socialists. Okay. So he was actually a socialist, then he then a communist, right? Officially, and yeah. wrote I think wrote Mass Psychology of Fascism like directly after being kicked out of I think the Austrian Communist Party, which I mean during that stretch of years those were, I mean those communist parties were, I mean more. You know, we're kind of running neck and neck with these fascist groups, and yeah. were the most popular forms of, you know, political action or political parties that there were. And you know, it says a lot that even the most liberal, left, far left wing of the society at the time couldn't take what Reich was dealing out. Like it was just, it was, it was too much for them. It was too mm-hmm. much for their, um, you know, I guess the the set of values that had been constructed, you know, yeah. for the time. And so. oddly enough, in the in even before this mass psychology of fascism book was published, Reich, um, old Reich was kicked out of the Communist Party that same year. Mm-hmm. Um, the the year before, the Communist Party had um, um, published several of his pamphlets by him and his wife, and later, well, a year later, they kicked him out. Oddly uh, enough, I guess he went too far. And in I fact, know. I think that same year, the Nazis kick him out of Germany, and he goes to Denmark. And then to Sweden, and later on to the United States. After, I don't think he he didn't do any other major pub. None of his other major works were during that period, were they? I don't think so. Nothing that he's you know well known for. But um, character analysis and the mass psychology of fascism were published in 1933 as he was escaping um, Nazi Germany, as he's escaping the Communist Party. Um, he went to Scandinavia. Now, in Scandinavia is when he started doing his kind of the work that's we would can maybe consider kind of out there. Yes, and 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 we've taken a long time to get into this, <laughs> right? Because this is where this is where his work gets really. This interesting. is where things take a strange turn. Yeah. But oh, wait, w- there's one more thing I wanted to say about yeah. mass psychology of fascism. Yeah. The um, what are they called? Surveillance camera players. Oh yeah, yeah. If yeah. you if you're interested at all in finding out about like you know what right was talking about in this stuff, the surveillance ca- uh, camera players have a good kind of 
I don't know, summary film strip a or, film or strip slideshow summary. about it. Yeah. Um, go to if their you're website. not right, I was about to say if you're not familiar with these guys, they go out to areas that have recently had surveillance cameras installed yeah. where a lot of people think maybe they shouldn't be because it's just too public of an area and they'll go out and put on a show with poster board mm-hmm. with different messages for the people watching the surveillance cameras and they inevitably get arrested or thrown right. out or right. told to move on. Usually probably just told to move on, but they make some really good points and they quote mass psychology of fascism extensively in one of their, in one of their, um, <laughs> shows I guess you'd right. call them so you can check that out online it's it's pretty cool just look up mass psychology of fascism surveillance camera players so anyway so, so let's get to the weird right because in Scandinavia he was in Norway and started working on well what he, what he calls orgone which uh, supposedly is this energy force Kind of like chi. Right. right? Or the force. The force, yeah. <laughs> right. Is the force model on Reich? Uh, I don't know. What are midichlorians? Is that... Am I pronouncing that correctly, uh, Raymond? Come look, on. <laughs> I, I don't even want to let the audience know that I know what midichlorians are. But you do, is I, the thing. Oh, man. What? Can, can, <laughs> okay. can we just... Can we? No, wait. We need to go off on a tangent here. Okay. Because, tangent. Tangent away. Um, Okay. Well, it's a valid question. Is you know, are is the Force from George Lucas's Star Wars? Is it based on Wilhelm Reich's concept conception of orgone energy? I, I, is it the same thing? I, I mean, it's similar. So I mean, that's one way to describe it, I suppose. Mm. Which is something we're not doing very well right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're describing it by analogy. It's like chi. It's like it's orgone, like, yeah. it's like um, the Force. Right. But really, uh, Reich says that orgone is this life energy that, in fact, generates life. That life isn't possible without it, and that it permeates everything. It permeates air, it permeates water, it permeates our bodies. We breathe it, we drink it, we eat it, we are it, you know? Um, In fact, Reich claimed to have done some studies with protozoa that showed that they can, well, according to Reich, they you know, sprung up from nothing only by, like, inserting some orgone energy into this random protein mixture, and protozoa suddenly appeared. Which is kind of, kind of out, kind of far-fetched. That's far-fetched. I mean, that's, that's like the way the yeah. medieval people, like, the Aristotelian view of, like, where fish, come, like, fish right. coming up from the bottom. Spontaneous of generation, yeah. yeah. But according, but Reich didn't see it as spontaneous, because he said, you know, that it was, it's the, it's the orgone. This organ, which he described as a blue kind of energy field, has this blue um, color to right. it. And he even, I mean, he even believed that he could catch it. Yeah. That he could collect it, right. as it were. And built organ collecting modules. Uh, and they're very simple. I mean, you could build one yourself if you want to collect yourself some organ. Yeah, in 1940 uh, is when he built his first organ accumulator. Yes. And, and began to test it on human beings. So basically a, a wooden and metal box. Uh, like, I guess the, the layer closest to the, to the inside of the box is just lined with, like, steel. Yeah. And then it's layers of wood and like other kinds of steel and iron. I found plans for one of these Oregon accumulators. Yeah, you can yeah, I mean you can still get them. Yeah. I mean they're around. You can go to the library, get the plans from one of these books and make your own. Accumulate you some Oregon. And that's the thing, like there's it's okay. I and Raymond, you know you and I have talked about this. Like how would something like this work? Because all it is like seriously, an organ accumulator is um 
a sheet of metal. Out, on the outside of that is wood. And then another piece of wood, but between those two pieces is like some steel wool or some glass wool. It alternates between. So right? you can see why the FDA freaked out about yeah. him selling these things. Well, because, I mean, part of it is that he was claiming that in the orgone accumulator um, concentrates the good orgone into your body. Right. Helping you to heal faster and feel better. Right. And it, it apparently uh, instills some sort of like... Uh, orgastic energy. Oh, right, right. right? Because he, he said he first observed the orgone <laughs> during the physical act of love. No, he didn't. That's a, you're, you're thinking of Dr. Strangelove, oh, yeah, General well, Ripper. Oh, wait. Well, I think with that, we probably need to go to a short break Okay. <laughs> so I can cue in old General Ripper. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Out There with Raymond and Joe. We'll be right back. Hey, Jack, Jack, listen, tell me, tell me, Jack, when did you first become, well, develop this theory? Well, I, uh, I, I first became aware of it, Mandrake, during the physical act of love. Huh. Yes, a, a profound sense of fatigue, a feeling of emptiness followed. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I, I was able to interpret these feelings correctly. Loss of essence. Huh. I can assure you it has not recurred, Mandrake. Women, uh, women sense my power. They seek the life essence. I do not avoid women, Mandrake. Yeah. But I, I do deny them my essence. All right, let's do it. I love that movie, Doctor Strangelove. Oh, absolutely, man. That's one of my favorite movies. So, and then, well, there, well, you heard it there. Yeah. So there you go. So I think I think we didn't use too much material. I hope not. Anyway. <laughs> what for the rest of the show? No, no. I mean, oh, like for, you have a certain Dr. length Strangelove? of a like yeah, a sample you can use or whatever. Oh, so. seriously? So we might have just broken the law. I think you can go up to twenty seconds. I think somebody was telling me that. So okay. Anyway, well, I think it was less than that. <laughs> I do too. All right. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because it, we haven't really cut it in yet. I'm going to let you guys in on something. We haven't cut that <laughs> Raymond, in Raymond, don't give away <laughs> your secrets to the podcast We're listeners. just talking. <laughs> We're going to do it. Okay, Raymond's lying. Don't listen to him. <laughs> this is, I'm cutting all this. <laughs> this, is all, this is all out. Okay, whatever. All right, so, uh, okay, so we're back. Wilhelm Reich, the mad scientist. Right. <laughs> the killer of Vienna. I mean, no, I'm, I, it's, it's all wrong. So Wilhelm Reich, he's building these organ accumulators. He's making all these claims. Um, he's working in the United States, States at this point. This is the early 40s. Um, he, by 1941, well, in 1941, he meets with Einstein. Right, and they test, or they do experiments on... He puts Einstein in an organ accumulator. Yes. I Let's guess. do it. Yeah, get in there, Albert. <laughs> 
Right. And now it's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> this, I, I know this sounds far fetched, but it's really true. Yeah, and you can and you can read the letters that Einstein wrote back and forth with Reich about this. What was his reaction? What did Einstein think about well, it? Well, okay, Einstein. Okay, Reich was like, "There's a simple way to test that my organ accumulator works." He says, "You can put an object in my organ accumulator, and its temperature will inexplicably rise by a few degrees." even though there are no outside stimuli that would cause the temperature to go up. Mm-hmm. And so he so Einstein was like, fine, we'll run some experiments. And so he so Einstein by himself ran experiments with an organ accumulator and sure enough, the temperature did show a slight increase that I mean there was no way to attribute it to anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So he didn't ever confirm that orgone was right, real right. or that the you know the accumulator really worked did but you, he said it he did find it strange that you the, know the temperature would rise yeah. did you read the quote from einstein afterwards right kid said so now you see why everyone thinks i'm crazy and you know what einstein said what and how <laughs> so like einstein you know may einstein obviously didn't buy all of reich's theories hook line and sinker but he, but the point is, is that he heard him out, you know. Oh, well, certainly. Well, you know, they're kind of like kindred spirits in that way. You know, the fact that they're both kind yeah. of like reaching for this way to explain everything, right? You know, this one force that right. kind of explains right. everything, you know. So, well, Reich was convinced that he found it. You yes, know, he was convinced absolutely. that Oregon explained it. And everything. if you read about his his trial with the FDA, where he defended himself, right, foolishly, right. Um, you know, he has this indignant attitude because he he's kind of a megalomaniac in a lot of ways, and I think he feels like, yeah. I think he feels like, um, you know, history's going to look back on this and prove him correct. Well, that that's how all. that's how Reich saw himself. Yes. He saw himself as as a historical figure, a persecuted Absolutely. genius. Yes, right, like Copernicus or someone. Yeah, like that. he thought he was Galileo. Yes, and. What's interesting is, you know, when when the government started coming down on Reich, and really what what they get, what they ended up getting Reich on, was um, it, there was an article written in the New Republic, in I believe it was 1951 or so, maybe 1950, and the article was sort of it was, you know, kind of against Reich and his work, and it was called the Strange Case of Wilhelm Reich. And it sort of uh, sensationalized the whole sex aspect of Reich's work. And um, that was forwarded um, to one of the directors of the FDA, one of the person who would be in charge of this kind of right. thing, like medical devices. And Strangely kind of a pervert himself from yeah. all accounts. Yeah, from so. all, apparently this guy who was kind of, who headed the investigation of Reich by the FDA, apparently this guy um, was had a very pornographic sensibility. He kept like a ceramic phallus on his desk whenever his secretaries dic- took dictation and would, you know. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> All right. So. So. <laughs> So this guy, by all accounts, like Raymond Wiley, like our very own Raymond <laughs> Wiley, had very pornographic <laughs> sensibilities, and and um, he, so he he gets gets wind of this whole like sexual aspect of this work, right? And he comes down hard on Reich. <laughs> <Man. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> 
this guy from the FDA. Um, he hears about Reich. Uh, he he sends out agents to check Reich out because this he starts ranting about sexuality and sort of Reich's idea of openness and op- sexual openness and sexual reform and repression and fascism and all of these things. Right. And this is a very interesting time in the U.S. history. We we talk about the Cold War a lot. Oh, know. sure. The Red the Red Scare yeah. was at its height, or yeah. close to its height during this time. Right, a former communist. Right, former communist. And I think that's a big part of it. In fact, the, um, the FBI has released files on Reich, and I believe the past 20 years that have talked about how they investigated him and investigated whether or not he had any communist connections and came up and said no. In fact, they ruled that he wasn't a communist before the FDA really even started in on him. That's right. He was um, he was in, like incarcerated at Ellis Island for a little while. Is that uh, what you're oh, referring to? Oh, no, I didn't know that. As no. a suspicious alien. Yeah, that was um, while he was living in the United States in 1941, imprisoned in New York for three weeks as a suspicious alien and released in January of 1942. This is after he had started working in. Um, this that's actually before you know World War II. Before that was, we started, yeah, right after he had come into the country. Yeah, that was before we he you know we had started fighting Nazis. So, the, so the time he was in this country, he really used to build uh, his orgone projects. Yeah. Orgone research and founded Organon. Organon right? in Maine. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. His own research institute in Maine. In fact. And it's really weird. You see pictures of the Organon uh, complex or whatever, yeah. and all the walls are lined with metal. Like the, it's like the whole building right. is an organ accumulator. Yeah. So. And actually, in '52, after the first time he was visited Organon by the FDA, he started weather control experiments. Yes, and this is. This is probably the, for me the most interesting thing about Reich is that okay. It goes from psychoanalysis with Freud mm-hmm. to energy testing with Einstein. And then he's making weather control devices, cloudbusters. You may have actually heard of these cloudbusters. Um, they, they work on the principle of orgone, right? They're supposedly, yeah. they accumulate orgone in the atmosphere directly above wherever they're set. Yeah. Let's see. Here's, here's the deal. Um, and this is it gets really fuzzy to me because... <clears throat> According to Reich, there's a there's good orgone and bad orgone, right? Right. And ba- whoops, bad weather. <laughs> bad weather is caused by bad orgone, just like illness, cancer, everything bad is caused by bad orgone, apparently. Okay. And the I think what the the cloudbuster does is it sucks all the bad orgone out of the atmosphere, leaving only good orgone. I see. Right. See. And then it rains. And then it rains, and that's good. You're right. Orgone loves water, apparently. It, it is attracted to water. And and orgone is against, it goes against Newtonian laws of physics in that it is uh, attracted to itself. It goes against, like, laws of entropy. Mm, okay. So it gathers together and it, forms yeah. more complex versions right. of itself. Yeah, yeah. That, which is that and which is di- directly goes against the laws of physics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, he and Reich says that that's what you know life is. Okay, well, that, you know that's not a bad theory, really. I mean, if you think about it, because far be it for me to say anything good about the creationists, but <laughs> yeah, they do make a good point about uh, a complex system building up in, with the second law of thermodynamics working entropy. Of course, yeah. they never admit that there's a sun in the sky. <laughs> right, right, right. But Point taken yeah. with Reich here. Yeah. So, 
it's interesting stuff to say the least and again you know the, the question here raymond is not you know was reich right or not i would if i had to put money on it i'd say that he's largely wrong about a lot of things I don't think he's wrong about sexual repression leading to fascism. I don't man. think that's wrong either. And in fact, it's quite ironic that the person in charge, you know, at the at the front of the FDA persecuting Reich is someone who is oddly sexually repre- repressed right. Has himself. their own malady, you know. Yeah. And it's also odd that, no, it wasn't the Nazis who were burning Reich's uh, work. It was the United States government. Right. You know? So, and it seems like it was largely motiv- motivated by Reich's ideas about sexual repression leading to f- this this cycle this mass psychological illness, right? Called fascism. And you can see how you know middle fifties, early fifties Americans would have seen a person like this, especially in the establishment, would have seen this guy as just the epitome of an outsider. You know, oh, yeah, open about sex. You know. Uh, Cut with communist ties, you know, crazy scientific ideas yeah. that Reich is is in some ways like one of the like archetypes for how we conceive of a quack or yeah. a mad scientist. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. He's definitely up there in, in in like some people, some like cartoon mad scientists. You see, almost look kind of like Einstein. They always have crazy hair. Reich had totally crazy hair. They almost always speak with a German accent. Um, so in, in some ways, Reich is part of this archetype, whereas Einstein is, you know, happened to be a genius. Right. Reich is sort of seen as something less. Right. Even, even though he seemed to, I guess, achieve in so many different, like different fields. That's what's weird about this guy for me is mm-hmm. that he he just keeps popping up. He's like a bad penny. He well, he was the, up, he man. was Da Vinci of his age. He thought, <laughs> you know, and, the, the, and he he was his ego is so overblown that right. You know, one of the things mm. I had read and uh, and we can maybe talk about some of the books that we are referring to in Colin Wilson's book um, called the quest uh, the quest for Wilhelm Reich. Um, Wilson talks about how once Reich started once some of the trials started around Reich's uh, Reich's organ accumulators. Um, Reich would do stuff like, you know, he would, uh, there was an injunction, okay, so there was an injunction um, against selling any organ accumulators while the FDA investigated it. Um, They found that one of, uh, a physician had transported some organ accumulators across state lines, and they uh, arrested Reich and this physician. Reich refused to show up in court. One of the things apparently that he said, well, he wrote a letter to the judge and told the judge that his defense is, read my books. <laughs> and, and Yeah, a, I'm sure that went over really well. Well, listen to this. Apparently when it got really hairy, one of the things that Reich said, I don't think this is in writing, but he was at least overheard to have said that um, if the government comes after him, that he's going to unleash thunderstorms across the USA with its cloud busters. He's going to turn on the cloud busters. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. So he's like threatening mass destruction on the United States. Command and conquer style <laughs> with a weather control device. Right, right. And in, in the meantime, really, it's just about contempt of court. Right. That's what it comes down to is right. contempt of court for um, – for not following this injunction against selling his medical He probably devices. could have gotten off if he had had a, any yeah. sort of decent lawyer. You know, think about it. I mean, 
any lawyer could have walked in there and been like, this man's worked with Sigmund Freud. This yeah. man's worked with Albert Einstein. Right. Leave him alone. And they would have, I think. We haven't mentioned this, Raymond, but he died in jail. Yeah. 1957. Yeah. He died in jail. He was sentenced to two years in jail for um, for selling his organ accumula- accumulators, for um, going against this injunction. Right. And he died in jail. Right. And, Probably and, pretty right. crazy. And we need to get the idea that there, you know, there weren't that many organ accumulators floating around. There was one, like one little shop where one guy made them yeah. for Reich. Right. And they sold. They probably sold dozens in a year. And but man, the FDA made a big stink about Especially it. Especially because I mean, what's so dangerous about a wooden box lined with steel wool and steel and glass wool? Something you could build at home, you know. Right. What's so dangerous about this? The, the the didn't didn't he like have like paperwork you had to sign if you bought an organ accumulator? Yeah, they had, stating that he couldn't guarantee results right, or something like that. Right. They had said that um, he only for entertainment. <laughs> right for entertainment purposes. <laughs> they had said that um, he that he was claim making all these claims like it could cure cancer, it could cure any illness, and in fact, like maybe behind closed doors, he was saying that, but. For anyone who bought an organ accumulator, they had to sign this statement saying that they realize that there's no guarantees about this particular product. It's only for experimental use. And if um, you know, if if they wanted to report their results back to Reich, he'd love to hear it. Right. But you know, on the other side of that coin, Joe, yeah. if you read like his logs about treating people with his organ accumulator, the things he describes the accumulator curing yeah. are just impossible. I'm sorry. Like cancer prostate cancer yeah exactly right you know uh you know wounds just closing right up you know, right. and stuff like that i mean <laughs> Does maybe, he really maybe say we that? should maybe we should make one of these Does he know, really say that maybe wound? we should start recording the show in an organ accumulator <laughs> let's just turn this studio in an organ accumulator we could get some metal the university wouldn't mind the right? acoustics would suck but you know who cares? <laughs> that's right you know, we could just edit we'd be out. glowing with blue <laughs> organ <laughs> i don't care <laughs> if the acoustics sucks i'll be superman <laughs> exactly exactly you'll be able to make the most genius episode of out there ever that's right <laughs> Live from our organ accumulator on the fifth floor of Memorial Hall. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So, Cloudbusters, people still experiment with Cloudbusters yeah. to this day. And yeah. all of them, all, people always claim if they experiment with them, they claim they work yeah. every time. Yeah. So, I don't. Raymond, I'm having trouble with this whole story. Okay, what's up? Because, on the one hand, uh, you know, I. I, I consider myself somewhat of a scientist. I have some sort of scientific training. Certainly more there. so than I do, sir. Yeah, I mean, social sciences uh, and some computer science-y type stuff, right? Right. So on the one hand, I am all for uh, scientific exploration. You know, what is science without discovery? Okay. And by the same token, you know, if someone's wrong, they're wrong. Let it Let it be sorted out in the scientific community. Okay. Now, as far as as far as the government like coming down on this guy, now I can understand why they would want to per- to prosecute someone who is making claims about a product that aren't true, because as a consumer, it's very important to me that you know people who sell me stuff be honest about what they're selling me. Okay, fair enough. You know. Now, like this guy, admittedly, was probably a wacko. And if he was making these kinds of claims, then maybe I don't see much wrong with at least saying, hey, stop selling this thing while we, while we investigate it. Okay? 
and maybe the one thing that decides it for me where I stand is the fact that they burned his research, burned his books. Because, and and that, I think, like I said, that's the one thing that... What conclusion does that lead you to? That there is some validity to it? No, that, that, there's, that there's something wrong with the whole picture. Okay. That there's something wrong with our government. And that there was some personal motivation yeah. against Reich himself. Yeah. Like it was personality driven. It wasn't about science. It wasn't about science. Right. That's right. And that's that's it. When it comes down to it, it was not about science. It was not about his scientific work because the scientific community sorts itself out, right? It, and it wasn't about um, it wasn't about safety for consumers either because how dangerous can a metal box be? Right. You know how dangerous is a is a metal lined wood box when it comes down to it. You know, false claims, okay, false claims. You know, that the false claims can easily be proven to be false, you would think. Yeah, and that's what kind of gets it about me is that people are still doing organ research. You can still go yeah. – I mean, they still make journals yeah. uh, for organ research, uh, scholarly journals every couple of years that come right. out, I believe. So really up in the air kind of stuff. I wonder um, I wonder if any one of them, any of these researchers have ever um, – you know, like talk to people who are all into the whole idea of chi and and controlling their own like energy through like you know means of you know Eastern yeah. like mysticism, for example. Well, or, all that has come into the sort of popular mind, you know, since then, since Reich, sixties and seventies. Right, it would have been completely alien then. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Exactly. That idea. Exactly. Interesting. Very interesting. I feel bad. The guy died in jail. I feel, okay. it, it, but it I feel ir- bad that I've never seen hair that cool anywhere else. <laughs> it irks me the most, though, that they burnt his research. I agree. I agree. And I think that's the worst part about it. And it's, you know, a modern-day witch hunt kind of story. Yeah. Something you'd see coming out of the 50s. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. So I'm so glad I wasn't alive back then because so much bad stuff was going on. Right, and, but, and, well, I mean, a lot of people will say that, you know, oh, I wish I wasn't, I, I'm glad I didn't live through those times because I would have never been able to do this, this, and this. The real thing, the real problem is, is if you lived through those times, you would have never been exposed to the things that that you find the most interesting, right. really. Right. I mean, there were, you know, there were no, um, I mean, just think about all the books that we use to research this show and the different, different ideas. None of, like, almost none of that was available 50, 60 years yeah. ago. Like it oh, was, yeah. I mean, it was just folklore or yeah. whatever, you know, hearsay. But I'm, what I'm, inter- I'm interested though, Raymond, you know, when, when we're old men mm-hmm. to see what kind of things will, what kinds of things are happening right now that we don't know about. Right. What, what are, what are the people that are make shows like out there in the future? Exactly. Going to be talking about. Yeah. So, and, but what I, I, I kind of think that it'll be very similar in terms of, you know, the historical periods, very similar. What's going on now in our country seems to me to be very similar to the Cold War era, which is why I think Cold War era is so interesting. Well, sure. I think it's. Um, I don't know. Wright talks about psychology of mass, mass psychology of fascism. It's mm-hmm. like, with us, it's like the psychology of just mass tension. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on Wright, Joe? No, good stuff though, man. Yeah, I think so. I hope. God what? knows what day you're actually listening right. to the show on. But, Wednesday's uh, our first live right, show of, of the, the year. Of the new year. And right. we're probably going to be doing a show, Golden Dawn? Right? The Golden Dawn. Yeah. Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. So if you're into the occult, uh, Western esotericism, secret societies, William Butler Yeats, Aleister Crowley, and all that good stuff, tune in to our next podcast. 
And um, thanks for listening to Out There. My name is Raymond Wiley. I'm Joe McFall. Thanks again. You have been listening to Out There, a presentation of WUOG 90.5 FM in Athens, Georgia. For more information or to subscribe to our podcast, visit www.wuog.org slash podcasts or email us at outthereradio at gmail.com.